Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Dunham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women. And my whole purpose here is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about diving into the root core issues that keep us from living in the highest vibration, learning how to alchemize that kind of density, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. We have another beautiful episode for you today. We have Ashley Curtis here. She is a multi-talented healer, energy worker, spiritual doula, sound therapist, alchemist, passionate yogi, etc. She hails from a long line of powerful spiritual healers, including her grandmother being an ordained evangelist and her mother also being evangelist and clairvoyant. Ashley began providing healing and support to her family and friends and strangers at just the age of seven, driven by her passion for healing the mind, body, and spirit. She holds a BS in psychology, a master's in social work, and has spent nearly a decade specifically studying energy work. Ashley believes breathwork, community, and deep relaxation in general are the single most important factors around healing, and her mission is to continue spreading that positive light and helping others evolve into their ultimate spiritual being by bridging the gap between the physical and the spiritual world. So enjoy this episode. I'm so grateful that you're here. If you are learning something new as you're listening, hit us up on Instagram. Let us know what's coming through for you. You can find Ashley at I am Ashley Curtis and I'm at Helen Dunham underscore. And as always, send it along to a buddy if you feel like they might benefit. And if you feel called to rate and review, I would be so grateful. And if you do so, send me a screenshot of the review and I will send you a walking meditation in return. So thank you so much for being here. I'm sending you a big virtual hug, lots of love. Enjoy the episode. Well, the first question I always ask people is, how do you like to start your day off? Do you have any rising routines or rituals that you go to? Yes. Um, so I have the things that I am in practice of that may not always be as ritualistic as I would desire. Um, and that would be getting up as soon as I'm up inverting for 10 minutes. So that's just putting my legs above my heart. Um, and it pretty much gives the heart a rest and um, it helps to balance the right and the left brain. So I like to start my day with that in a glass of water, saying a prayer in the water before I drink it. Um, and I also love to, I'm a dreamer. I have a lot of prophetic dreams, a lot of astral traveling, all types of things. So I like to take time and reflect on what, what was going on in my dream before I do anything else. And all of that is within like a 20, 30 minute span because then I'm hopping up and I'm going to, if I don't have to get my son ready for school, I'm going to the gym. Like that's mm -hmm. my routine. So I give myself something, something for my brain, some water to flush my circulatory system, my kidneys, and then praying into the water also is like a vibrational healing too. And then um, I assess my dreams, kind of like that's like a, like a meditation of like, okay, what, a, what am I here to do? What do I need to do? One of my big things that I love to pray is, okay, God, show me how amazing this day can be and go from there. Mm. Show me what I need to see so I can do what I need to do. 
Oh, I love that. It just automatically opens you up to optimism and almost Mm -hmm. to like set yourself up to look for miracles and for the blessings of life. I mean, I find that on the days I wake up and I'm like, "Uh oh, here we go. The day pans out just like that. And if I Mm -hmm. wake up with prayer like that, and that's so beautiful, it it ends up like that. I also love um, the inversion. I've kind of not understood what exactly is happening there, but yeah, to put your heart at rest, to balance Mm -hmm. the sides of your brain. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell, tell us more about your dreams and when you started to have, um, vivid dreams, have they always been more prophetic or can you tell us more about your dream dream world? So, um, I've always been a dreamer, but when I really started to notice my dreams was, um, right after having my son, I, well, that was probably the most sober that I was because I was pregnant and then I was breastfeeding. So there was no alcohol, no weed, just complete, like super sober within years because I was in college and then right out of college, like just living my best life, how most Americans do. Right. <laughs> um, and so I was just very, very like connected and I was able, I was feeling everything, things that I may not have even, things that I may have been numb for a long time because we partied. I, I just may have filled it up with other things. And so around that time of like having my son, being a new mom, being alone, being isolated, I was in a new city, a new mom, no friends, no family, just me and my son, son's dad and my son. And so it was a lot of space. And I, what would happen is like in my dreams, it was almost like what was going on in my, it is what's going on in my subconscious. And sometimes it will be things that are going on in the moment, even with people around me that are affecting me or within my aura, like warnings, Mm. sometimes things I didn't want to know, but it was things that I needed to, I, that were to, to warn me, to protect me, to say, Hey, open your eyes. This is going on. And like, I'm telling you, like it was, that's when I started to be like, wow, like, what is going on with these dreams? And my mom's really good at interpreting dreams. So I would talk to her about it. And a lot of the things she would get would be so spot on. Hmm. Um, and so from there, I learned to start writing them down and paying attention. And my son's five now. So the last five years, I've been very connected to my dreams and they have given me so many um, just premonitions in a way of like okay these things could be going on or this is what's going on with you now or this person that is within your auric field these things are going on so you either want to keep them there or remove them like that type of stuff goes on in my dreams for sure and sometimes I'm it feels as if I'm in another space sometimes you know or in another lifetime or just in a parallel universe and I wake up and I'm like that felt so real (laughs) like that was Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Have you always had um, a connection spiritually like that? Were you raised in a home where you guys were talking about, you know, the universe and source and what, what was your upbringing so like? I grew up in church for sure. Like very Christian apostolic, uh, apostolic background. Um, I remember when I was younger, like doing Easter speeches and stuff like that, but the most prominent thing that really connected me that I can remember was me being seven years old and I walked into the room and my grandmother was praying and when she was, she was on her knees praying in her room and she was speaking in tongues 
And I'm like that when I heard it, I'm like, that's not English. Like that's what is that? And it, it struck something in me. And I said, I want that. Like whatever you're doing, I want to do that. And so she started to take me to her prayer circles. And I'm like seven years old with, with 40, 50 year old women <laughs> tearing for the Holy Ghost and just praying and literally on my on the on the midnight turning to, of my birthday. So this is January 24th at like 12.01 a.m. I received that gift and I began to speak in tongues. And from there, my just my relationship with God and spirit has just continued to develop. I took it so serious at a young age, like praying with my friends. I've always been very empathetic, hypersensitive, hypervigilant mm -hmm. um, because of my nurturing, because of the things going on around me. And I learned how to pray and read the word and decipher things for myself, see things from my own eyes. Um, yeah, so I have a very religious background and with college, um, a psychology, uh, have a BS in psychology and I minored in philosophy. So that opened me up to being able to question everything and really kind of unlearn some of the religious aspects, but keep all of this, all of the spiritual aspects of it. Amazing. Oh, I got chills when you were telling me that story. What is it like to speak in tongues? I almost associate it with like light language or channeling um, of different languages in general, but what does it feel like and how does it come through you? So that is exactly what it like. I feel like it's all the same. It's just different language. Um, some communities say light language. Some people say channeling and I learn. So at first when I had to be speaking in tongues, it, it's like this you feel it in your gut. Well, I feel it like in my gut and in my body. It's almost like that goosebumps feeling. And as I'm talking, it's like, it's like you have to, it's something where it all, you can hear, I hear it in my head and I have to allow it to come out and I'm just speaking. And I've, and, and, and I've learned through under like my energy healing certification and just going deeper into energy vibration, how to also interpret what is going on, how to hear in my spirit, like what I'm saying or like what's going, coming out in the tongues before I would just speak, but I didn't know what was going on because I didn't understand. But now I've learned how to interpret it and how to hear like, okay, this is what my, this is what spirit is telling me. This is what's going on. Um, so yeah, it feels very much like a soothing feeling that creates goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. It's so cool that we have the capability to even do this. And it sounds like so much of it is just moving out of the way so that mm -hmm. we don't block it from coming in and learning how to flex that movement of just getting out of the way. Yes. And then what is it usually saying? Like when you interpret it, what are you getting? What messages are you? It just depends. Um, I will say the most recent one. And it's so funny because what was I listening to? I wasn't even listening to like gospel music or anything. Oh, I was listening. I was um, just recently I was driving to Milwaukee. Uh, from Atlanta so a good 12 hour drive mm -hmm. um and I was listening to Jill Scott like discovering her music mm -hmm. and there was something so just deep and profound about one of her tracks because there it's so it's such deep poetry and I'm a poet myself and it evoked spirit in me like I just felt something because I was feeling very low like my vibration had already been low for many different reasons and then just sitting still no movement it's like huh and so I felt um myself begin to pray and what I was hearing at that time was more like chin up 
like there's so much in store like you have we ha- we we have you we got your back like remember who you are stay in flow you know um like there's so much to come there's so just trust and believe so it was like a remind it was like a pick me up like i i remember fully like chin up chest back like remember who you are and um that's that was pretty much the most recent one so usually it's somewhere along the lines of like preparing me or lifting me up something around that yeah like an empowerment activation mm-hmm. i find that almost like when we get down to like the base root of energy work and healing, whether it's quantum healing or anything, it seems like Mm -hmm. that's what it is about because the human condition, I mean, for some reason we come here with blinders on and then we're like, Oh my God, we're going to die. But then what happens? So I find that like at the base of it all, it's, it's getting us out of the fear bubble of what's going to happen when we pass and connecting Mm -hmm. us back home to source so that we don't live in so much fear. I wonder if you feel the same with the other work that you do in sound healing and yoga, everything. If you wonder, like, if I feel like it's a separation of fear, well, I guess I wonder what else you, what, what else you get from the energy work that you're doing in general? Okay. What else are you yeah. learning? What else are you seeing it with your clients and your work? I definitely am seeing a lot of needing to become aware, needing to get to a very soothed and relaxed state to become aware of your, what's blocking you, what's blocking the flow. You, you know, I always, so I studied, um, sound healing at the global sound healing institute in cerritos david gibson he's the goat and um he always talks about the home note and so i think about that when i think about myself and my clients it's like what is blocking us or what is out of resonance what is you know staticky that's keeping us from actually operating on what makes us feel at home or makes us feel grounded and at ease and there's usually something blocking the flow whether it's a memory you know mm-hmm. a, a pathology a thought pattern um, a belief system that trapped in the body somewhere you know a trauma a, tra- a traumatic memory response like all of that and so I've noticed in my work of like feeling through the aura where it is where it's held like you know and helping them breathe through it, think about it in a different way. I think the biggest thing most recently I've been noticing, even with trying to do work within my family, is a lot of it is just holding on to the past hurts, to fear of hurting again, fear of this, fear of that, you know what I mean? Fear. Yeah. And it's the exact opposite of like what gets you into your home now, which is love, which is just and i feel like love is just flow anything that's like stopping us anything that's like making us tense up it's like holding on or it's like moving from like a a space of scarcity as if like love as if like there is an ending to love you know what i mean so mm-hmm. saying all that to say that a lot of things that i feel come up when I, with energy work are these blockages surrounded by fear and holding on to memories beliefs thought patterns that just no longer serve us and sometimes it's not even ours it may be our mother's mother's feelings emotions that have been passed down whether it's epigenetically or just through the conversations that are consistently happening, our ways of being, our ways of communicating with each other and relating to each other. 
So I've been seeing that a lot. Mm, that's beautiful. I love your description of love because it does, it feels so much easier. It feels like a long breath, like an exhale that mm -hmm. doesn't have an ending. That's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. And then, oh, I didn't want to forget to ask you about your relationship with alcohol <laughs> and, and weed, anything now, since you've been having activations, um, not yeah. using it, like what's your relationship with substances so, now? I don't drink alcohol at all. I have not drank in, this is December. So 13 months, um, mm -hmm. I stopped, my last drink was in Turks and Caicos. I had some Moet. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just... I noticed that I didn't really need it to have fun. I felt better. My abs is popping out. Like, you know, like it, it just felt like what was, I was kind of having like these um, reflections on like, why do I need to drink? And what, like, can I match the energy of any space anyway? And I've so far been able to do that. I might not be able to go as long because, you know, people, they start off this way. And as the night goes on, they get more, it goes more. And it's like, all right, my social yep. battery is over. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so totally. I haven't drank um, in a while. And that's been cool. I've been able to just observe myself around people and people and like just, patterns i'm a very philosophical analytical type of person so it's in um the social the social work of it all like just observing popping in for a moment to chat with you about my private one-on-one -on -one mentorship series. This is for the woman who is ready to change her life. I know that feeling of confusion, anxiety, lack of direction, feeling like you're at a crossroads. And I've learned how to alchemize that discomfort and completely change my life, which is why I'm here to show you the way, to show you how to do it too. If you have been struggling with confidence, if you've been feeling stagnant in your personal and spiritual evolution, if you need help navigating a major transition in life, if you're seeking clarity about how to best move forward in your career or your personal life, or maybe you want to launch your own soul-led business but have no idea where to start, this is where I come in. This is the container for you. So if this sent off a ping in your intuition, in your soul, head over to HelenDenham.com and just book a free power session with me so we can get to know one another and decide if this is the best course of action for you. All right, my darlings, thank you so much for tuning in and back to the episode. Interesting. Now, when it comes to weed, I have a on and off relationship yeah. with it. I've learned to, I lived in California for seven years, so it became a very just normal part of life. Um, and the longest stint I had was like my pregnancy and post-birth, so like about two years. But um, as of the, as of my child's five now, so as of the last four years, I would say I've I've been consistently like taking breaks, but I've never completely stopped. Now I'll do it when I want to get a little more. I need I want assistance with getting more in my senses. So I might say, okay, I I want to listen to some music and get into my Kundalini sacral energy and just I'm a very sultry, sensual person. So like to kind of release those inhibitions and just really get into that or get to playing my gong, things like that. So I more so try and make it a ritual and the spiritual aspect of it. Um, and whenever I feel myself like yearning for it, then I fall back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes so much sense. I feel the same way with weed. It's like, if you can use it as a tool and mm-hmm. uh, get out of, I get a little anxiety from it, which I'm trying to move through, but it's Me a good too. experiment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have an activity, like working on your healing or doing something mm-hmm. with it, um, it can be a profound tool, I think. Yeah. And then with alcohol. Yeah. Isn't it, it seems like a confidence practice for me at least. Cause every time I'm like, why am I drinking? It's more of a social lubricant. So to actually take that away, like that pacifier away is like, okay, now you actually have to show up and uh, be yourself. Mm -hmm. Yes. You have to show up fully Mm -hmm. and you have to like, like it actually makes, like I, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was saying how he realized, like he's recently not been drinking as much and stuff, I guess, just from being around me. Mm -hmm. Um, but he said he noticed that drinking actually makes, it's like a social handicap because it makes it easier to like interact with people and stuff. So, um i'm already like an introverted extrovert so i've had to practice you know like showing up fully and even sometimes (laughs) like having that pep talk and going into it but now it's becoming so natural that i'm like yeah i'll take a ginger beer with a cute glass um you know or you got a green juice let me get an aquaponic like you know and for me i look at it as like I'm pouring into myself like I'm a temple I'm a sacred being I'm a uh you know I am an embodiment of the goddess so I I see it as such a privilege and such an honor to even be able to have this strength to be the outsider because it's it's most of the time it's a whole conversation on why are you not drinking (laughs) it's like you know Mm. and um I've even I've even had experiences where other people's projections or their feelings about themselves are evoked just by me not drinking. Like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or So yeah. it, it's, it's been an interesting process for sure. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Cause it can certainly trigger people. I think and be like, well, she's not drinking and she's like grounded. So they start to feel bad about themselves drinking and then they, they're they like, well, come on. I don't yeah. know. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. It's a very interesting <laughs> social experiment, but um, yeah, totally. My sister and I were just having like ginger beers together over dinner. We're like, oh my God, this is like, just like, you could just hold this anywhere and you'd be mm-hmm. good to go. So it can mm-hmm. be like a placebo effect in a lot of ways. For sure. And then you were also mentioning, you know, in your dream, sometimes you get hints at people that you're are either good for your energy or they're harming mm-hmm. your energy. So mm-hmm. when you find that somebody in your field is not, you know, in alignment with you anymore. What kind of practices do you go to, to either clear that out of your auric field Mm -hmm. to cut those cords or Mm -hmm. move away from that? What do you think about that? Um, so now that I'm in the place that I'm in, it's so much easier to accept and do some cord cutting and, um, you know, just really remove myself and I will gracefully just, I won't even have, we don't have to have a conversation, nothing. It ain't nothing. Like it's a song. It's like, it ain't nothing to cut that off. Like that's, <laughs> that's me. But yeah. in the beginning it was like, man, like I'd have to go over a lot of processes of first personalizing it. Like, what did I do? Why would a person be betraying me after all the, like, you know, I personalized and took, take, took it personal a lot. And so that was like my own work of unraveling, um, I've learned through human design that I am, I'm a manifester. So I have a repelling aura. So anyone that my aura is pushing out is so good for me. So I just accept it. And I'm just like, all right, like I've had a best friend, um, 
that my aura pushed him out for two years and i and now we're like right back like whatever but whatever was going on with him he we could not be in that same we couldn't you know operate in the same space mm-hmm. but we were able to come back so just the work that i do I, i'm a very reflective introspective person so i'm always like becoming aware of what feelings are coming up what the sources are and then i'm like okay now what do i do with them cord cutting is a big thing like if there's any negative inappropriate or unwanted cord a connection between me and anyone help me to feel through it i feel through it cut it off with a velvet sword you know throw it into the violet flame and just like let it go um and for me like baths like i Mm -hmm water water the water element is relation related to the sacral related to emotions so you know when i find myself feeling codependent or feeling like um just worried about this other person and you know releasing them or what that's going to be like or what the next person will think i get in that bath and i just sing it out pray it out just let it you know i let it go let it flow and like always remind myself i have affirmations that pop up on my phone as reminders all the time and they're different things that i need to hear like right now one just popped up i attract all that is dedicated to my highest and best good today and always i walk in the highest light of love I'm a divine and holy being transforming all into the elixir of unconditional love. So mm-hmm. it's like a reminder of like, I'm just transforming it, it, everything into unconditional love. So let me just put some love on it and know that it's, it's I'm in flow and this is good for me and what's for me won't ever miss me. So it's like I, I'm using vibration of sound, of voice, our most powerful instrument to like shift my entire frequency when I'm feeling like the nervousness coming just from affirming alone and the most important part of that is like as I'm affirming I'm believing it I'm breathing as if it's happening it's true and that's the difference you can just recite something all day but when you feel the the universe the world it works off of feelings you know Mm. so yeah do you find that that is why sound healing is so potent because it gives Mm -hmm. you a feeling like what have you learned about sound healing and frequency Yes, sound healing is so potent because music is like the sound is everything. And the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. The beginning was word. The beginning was sound. Like, you know, we heard our mother's heartbeat like that. That's the first thing like sound is everything. So it has the ability to it, it could wage spiritual warfare or it could wage so much ease and harmony. And so with the intention of um disrupting and in in breaking off this ease with sound with certain instruments you know and anyone that's aligning with that and able to really fully relax into delta and theta state they're able to break those things off because that's the power of sound that you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. every single thing is sound so that is why sound is so potent and it's very much important to just recognize the intention even when we're watching things and listening to listening to people speak all around us the tv you know the music all of that we're resonating all the time without even realizing it to whatever we're consuming um so it could be a consistent practice of like okay I'm only watching this type of stuff I'm gonna listen to because this is what the frequency I want to resonate on and I find that a lot of people that are vibrating lower that are consistently anxious and depression this is not always but I from my awareness and the people that I'm around 
a lot of what they're watching and listening to and the conversations that they're having are are not in alignment with where they want to go they're more dramatic they're more sad they're more anxious you know i have people that literally i and i'm just always aware i'm just like man every single conversation or anything this person sends me on instagram it's always sad like mm-hmm. i don't want to be sad today i'm not even gonna open this up i, I give very much empathy to the situation that's going on with anyone or everywhere but i don't think that was for me to know <laughs> that wasn't for me to consume i had to protect my peace so um absolutely to answer your question absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so much in there i think there are a couple things too i'm just picking up on it's like i feel like the reason cities sometimes are so disruptive is because of the noise pollution first of all like mm-hmm. dysregulating our nervous system mm-hmm. And then I love the connection I'm picking up on, like between sound, like taking your baths and water. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's interesting to think about, I'm sure you've seen that experiment where you play um, like a speaker on water and the water molecules change differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You just think about how we are water and how the sound would affect our molecular Mm -hmm. structure. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. I talk about that all the time. And that's why it's very powerful to pray into your water because you're shifting a molecular structure. You drink and then you resonate on that frequency it's very important to take them baths and pray while you're in that bath or while you're in the jacuzzi in the ocean whatever the ocean in the rain when it's raining Mm -hmm. um it's all a pure it's all purifying it's all a purification and um even and that's why i talk about even the conversations that you're hearing and being had is shifting your molecular structure each and every day every time so i remember in that study like when the mom was yelling or whatever the way the crystal structure turned it was so muddy and creepy looking and then it was just like i love you and it looked like this nice like snowy crystal so that's the science of it you know Science is so magical. Mm -hmm. My stepmom and I were having this discussion and she was like, well, how can you believe in science and also believe in God? And it was like, to me, science is the language of God. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it is magic. It is creation. And the more you get into like quantum physics or anything or Einstein's theories, it's deeply spiritual. It's all God. It's like science is just giving us it's giving people the opportunity to believe God more. <laughs> like it's I like so too, you know totally. what I'm saying? It's them it's science is investigating the miraculous is the I don't know what life word itself. To use, but it's the, the study God. of life. Like, it's you know, God. Yeah. God. It's pretty much like, okay, how? And you know, you ha- it's helping you wrap your mind around what is already is it's not it's doing nothing but proving what is science ain't creating none it's just <laughs> so you know exactly. <laughs> it's coming from somewhere <laughs> totally yeah. so i'd love to know more about because i know you studied philosophy and and went mm-hmm. to school for all of this too and then marrying that with your religious upbringing and all of this you know wisdom that came through your ancestry as well mm-hmm. how do you perceive like your journey here and your purpose um in life and what are your kind of beliefs about source in the universe now that you have this kind of holistic viewpoint i guess if that makes sense it's a big question yeah um so i would say that with everything that i've learned through my strong christian background and through my psychology philosophy and social work applied behavioral analysis um and like you said my ancestral background 
I just know that like every what I know to be true is that God where God is because there's a feminine and a masculine aspect of God and we're just very much always lean on the on the masculine aspect of it mm-hmm. but I, I truly just believe it it just is it's love it's in it, it permeates through every living thing it doesn't have to perform it's patient it's graceful is it's love like it's flow it's magic it's it's a cycle it's you know it's just never ending circle and movement um and so i'm in a space where i can respect every religion every everything because i feel like when we really boil down the basis of it all it's just this love it's be kind it's be patient be graceful do your best you mm-hmm. see the best in others you know treat others well like all the other stuff it just you know can be based in fear but for the most part when you pull the fear out of it it's it's love and so um that's just how i see it that's how i move and and when i when it comes to I have a lot of people that ask like, well, what are your religious beliefs or think that, oh, you couldn't be Christian or you can't be this or you can't be that. And like, for me, it's like, I just know that I was cultivated. I was brought here and and I've had the experience that I've had to bring me to the place that I am now to, I can bridge the gap. Let me help you see, you know what I'm saying? Show me what you hate. And this is a lyric from um, my spiritual mother, Soleil, from her album, um, I forget the album, I'm so sad. I think it's like, but the song is called um, Flow. And it's show me what you hate and I can teach you how to love. And that's pretty much like how I operate and how I, I think spiritually is it's like, where is the, like, where is the love and why is this, sometimes I ask like, why is it so important for a person to try to convert someone into their way of being or their, their way of believing instead of just respecting whatever it is, as long as it's not creating harm and harm, if it's promoting peace mm-hmm. and joy and happiness and high vibrational energy, like what's, what's the issue, you know, what's the problem? So um, I believe that I'm here to be a bridge. And I think specifically for my culture, a lot of um, African-Americans, a lot of indigenous people of America, um, we've been so stripped of so much and, um, we have our love for God is deep. It's a little, um, blanketed in fear. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we can't, we're not allowed or we don't feel comfortable even opening ourselves up to so many things that can heal us that are actually our ancestors created or figured out like millions of years ago we're so disconnected from that and I believe that I have the background that I have and the study that I have in order to help bridge that gap in order to help those that want to cross that bridge to know that this is a safe space one that understands the one that's been there one that knows what you believe and believes what you believe and and beyond you know um and there is no fear. I have no fear when it comes to anything when it comes to God. Anything when it comes I know, I know God. I don't believe I know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that's the difference. So 
Yeah. I feel like this is a long answer. <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. It's one of the most difficult questions to actually put into words and to answer. Mm -hmm. And I really love your perception and feeling of it, that you're a bridge and that this lifetime is about remembering essentially who we really are. And that mm -hmm. all of these religions, everything that we're doing can act as a tool and a key to unlock yes. the remembrance. Yes. And yeah, I remember when I first kind of began this path and started to wake up to the reality of source itself, kind of breathing through all of us, I just stopped fearing death. And yeah. I all, I got really curious about death and dying. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so these bodies are clearly vessels and gifts mm -hmm. to explore, you know, source yeah. exploring itself through us. And that just felt like such a relief, you know, and that mm -hmm. instantaneously like cured my depression. <laughs> I was like, what's there to be sad about? All right. You're afraid of dying right. or something. It's like, okay, well, yeah, this is not what it's about. It's about mm -hmm. remembering who we are and helping each other get back to that. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm so with you. It's so fascinating to study all of these religious texts and stories and everything for, to, for that unfolding and for that mm -hmm. understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It, um, it's a beautiful unfolding and I am still in a space of like showing up even more in this space because before I was a little um, guarded to share the level of knowledge that I've acquired because of the indoctrination of like my upbringing when it comes came to religion and like what my grandmother believes and you know just that very devout apostolic don't wear pants women do this men do that um just kind of hearing that in the back of my head but I've I've definitely have been doing the work to um surrender that because that's not mine and it's fear mm -hmm. and that's not love and that's not God because <laughs> it is not love. Um, and one thing <laughs> right. you said that really spoke to me was like the not fearing death. And I think for me, what is always like this fear of um, the fear of being unlovable or being love being rejected or abandoned. And so um, I've, I have to remind myself that it's an overflow and it's a surplus and, and that helps me. So my fear has never really been death, but it's been because of trauma and upbringing, the, the rejection of love, not being good enough for it, not being, being abandoned by up of it. Um, and when I feel those blockages and I feel those things coming up, which have been coming up recently for me, I have been doing a lot of releasing in poetry. Like when we create, we really heal, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yes. I've, I'm probably like a broken record, but I always remember that like when we write or when we create, it's like giving pain somewhere to live outside of the body so that we don't mm -hmm. store it and like build mm -hmm. disease like that. Yeah. Um, and I just find that like on this path, everything pops up as like an initiation. Cause this lifetime feels kind of like a pressure cooker. So it's like, you're going to yeah. get a partner who's going to trigger you and to wonder if you're lovable or you're yeah. going to start a business and you're going to be faced with making money and seeing money as God and everything yeah. is God. So it's like, yeah. okay, where do you not fully trust yet? We're going to trigger you into, you know, yeah. unraveling that you thought you were fully there. Here's where you can even blossom even more. Yes. Yeah, yes. it is a journey. <laughs> it is a journey. And that's exactly, I love what you just said of like, how can you blossom even more? And that is exactly what is happening for me right now. And I'm so grateful to be in this space to just be aware of like, okay, this is coming up. It's not even about this person. This ain't about me, that person. It's about the work 
okay, this is what needs to be worked on now. So then I can allow in all these things I desire. Like, you know what I mean? Um, let's, this is where the blockage is. So you can allow flow. I'm always talking about being in flow. I'm always using um, a reference of the river because I love water. Water is like a thing for me. And I feel very um, connected to the Yoruba goddess Oshun who is the goddess of the river, which is all about flowing and love and honey, but also, you know, has wrath as well. <laughs> um, yes. But I think about a flow and I sometimes when I find myself in resistance and I feel like my flow is more so trickling than like this beautiful stream, I'm like, okay, what are the beavers and what was the dam? Like, what is it? Like, so I see the triggers as the beavers and then like the way I'm coping as the dam that's causing this, the, um, the trickling of the stream. So I'm like, okay, let me do something different. Let me practice something different that's gonna lift the logs of the dam, you know, it's gonna break that down. And like I said, for me, that's been speaking on how I feel to whoever that I may be triggered by from a loving space. And then it's like, okay, where else can I put this? Let me write it out. Let me write it out. Let me, let me just, get this poetry going and then I feel then I play the bowls breathe it out and I feel so much better so yeah mm -hmm. that's such a great visual of the beavers and being a dam and yeah it's this such an interesting thing it's like why I guess we call it a practice because it's an everyday thing and I think when we feel rejection or we feel unworthy we get this feeling of separation and and it's like a feeling of unity being pulled apart which is mm -hmm. super painful mm -hmm. so I think it's just part of it's very humbling because it's like okay there's still something to learn here yeah. and I can still feel whole and come back to myself while separating from something that's no longer resonant but I'm still connected to that. And it's interesting to just explore how shadow and light kind of live simultaneously and where we can tap into the light, but it, it is a daily practice. I mean, every day, every day, but every single day. And that's why I, I, I tell people that I'm, you know, in relationship with whether friendship or, you know, dating or whatever that is like, Hey, this is new for me. This is coming up for me and I'm in practice. So I'm talking about this right now and this is practice for me. So, you know, have some empathy. I don't even know what I'm saying or why or where this is going to go, but this is what I'm feeling right now. And this is different because usually I just not say nothing. I hold it in, but I don't have time for that because I have an assignment. I have, I have an assignment for source. Source needs to flow through me. God needs to flow through me without any blockages. So I got to get this out. We got to talk about it. It's uncomfortable as it is. Yeah. <laughs> I got to talk and cry and have snot and tears and all of that stuff, you know, it's the practice. Well, I think that's what makes you a leader and why anybody speaking on this, you know, in this, it takes courage because you have to be willing to be wrong or to be mm -hmm. challenged or to learn something new and not be ashamed of something that you didn't know. And so I think that's where I've experienced growth this last year too, is just, just show up. And if you're wrong or you need to correct it, great. You're a human being. Yeah. We're all human. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, and my last question for you, is there anything that you're reading that you're studying now that you're interested and lit up by recently? Okay. So, so interesting because yesterday I did my self-care deck because I was like, okay, what? I'm just back in town. I'm organizing my space. What do I need to do? And um, as I was organizing the book, women, the uh, women who will run with wolves came out. Yeah. This is such a thick book. And I'm like looking at it like, oh, am I about to start reading this? 
and the self-care one of the self-care cards was read and i was like okay so i guess that's confirmation so that's something that i've been seeing and i've had this book for at least six years and have not cracked it open so i want to read that um something i've been reading lately i've been reading a lot of love poems love poems mm -hmm. by rumi by nikki giovanni um i have another one called love poems by god that i'm in i've been in a very much like feeling my feelings type of space and the reason why is that i'm healed through a lot of um relationship trauma with my son's dad and just all that it brought up for me for my own inner child healing and my just that relationship brought up a whole you know plethora of other things that needed to be cleared out and so i'm finally i would say that was like a four-year process and so i'm finally within this year of 2022 now going into 2023 i have been allowing myself to be open and receptive and a big part of that has been just really diving deep into love poems um, I've also been studying um, the healing wise, so just like different herbs and tools like that. And I have this, uh, this is book called The African Goddess Initiation by Abiola Abrams. So I've been just learning more about um, more stories of African women across the diaspora. So from every, every country, everywhere, just about their stories and um just finding myself in each and every part of those things. So that's, kind of, I've been in a very much developing the goddess space. So love and nurturing and softness and femininity um, for sure. So I'm pretty sure women who run with the with wolves, I, was, I don't even know I'm saying that title right, but. You are totally, okay. I just saw that <laughs> I in just a. Know so many W's. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Cause I just had the same experience last week. I went into a store and I was like, oh, this book it's, that's going to happen. I think it's probably something we all need to read and it'll happen so at the thick. right time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Maybe we can skip it. It's like this thick. Yeah. Um, but that and when God was a woman, I started reading that this year, too, and I have not finished it is one of those um, academia style books. So um, it's a lot to process. It's a lot of words. Um, so I've been reading that and um, processing it. I feel like I'm a very much like Cliff Notes person when it comes to certain things. It's like, give me the Cliff Notes and I feel like I can fill it all in. Um, and with this book, it's like very much. I went that we were in the temple and we dig this up and da 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 da. Like, okay, so yeah, yeah, interesting. Those, so I wonder if that I was mean. oh such good such good tips from you. I love all of that. It, I wonder if that book is about you know as humanity before we entered the patriarchal age where God literally became masculine. It used to be um, a matriarchal or just feminine yes. God that all the, yes. all the statues, everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. So it talks a lot about the statues and how like there's so many fossils and statues and things that have been dug up that predate a lot of um, some of the statues and stuff we have now that um, show a more masculine version of God and how the woman, just because we, the woman gives birth, like literally blink, blink blink like so that like alone was very once it was such a sacred and like worship thing like she is bringing life so um it just talks about all of the 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 where they found it and what was going on at the time and where this statue was found how it was dug up and like where and then she also even 
went to like the findings and a lot of what they did was when they would see these artifacts, they would just call them prostitutes or call them whores or whatever. So they wouldn't, a lot of the times these may have been gods or goddesses or um, warriors or whatever, but they just kind of lumped them into the same category to kind of dismiss it because in, in who knows, in those, those men's eyes, they didn't, they didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Even when we are entapped in our sensuality, they're all provoked and stuff. So um, they just kind of put it all in like this little category. So it's like sometimes even when you're going through the text and you see that a man has written it, like really going deeper into like what this little harlot or, you know, horror prostitute, whatever it was that they would write at the time, what what was really going on and what that really was. Because it's always deeper. Yep. Yeah. fascinating oh that's so good i love anthropology too have you read sapiens um Mm-mm. by yuval narari i think is how you say i think you might like that if you're sapiens, enjoying that okay, book put that in my notes <laughs> oh yeah it's such a good book it's just like a history of humanity and you know how we began how we started to evolve with agriculture and became more like sentient and just um mm. how it changed everything but i feel like so much of what our generation, our collective is talking about when we refer to awakening is this remembering and starting to peel back the programming that has come with living in a very masculine, um, you know, consumer driven world. And it's Mm -hmm. just, things are changing and it's exciting to see that, but it sounds like you have, yeah. I was gonna say it is. And it's just, um, interesting because there's all a lot of this, like artificial intelligence and things that are like, that's, um, sparking up too so it's like more than ever the amount of like love and femininity and softness and sacredness is so important to pour into the planet Mm, yeah yeah totally sounds like you have a beautiful year coming up I know before we started recording you were saying that this year has been wonderful for you it's like a blossoming Mm -hmm. happening in itself so I'm excited to see what comes through for you and thank you for being here what a beautiful expansive conversation to be able to sit with you and chat Um, so if people want to get to know you, if they want to work with you, how can we find you? Um, one, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. I enjoyed your questions. Um, and if you want to connect with me, my website is thejourneyhealingoasis.com. I do one-on-one healing sessions. I teach the art and science of energy healing, like a level one, um, intro. And I work with people for mother wounds, father wounds. A lot of generational healing and um, helping you just become aware of the blockages that are going on within your field. So you can find me on Instagram. That's I am Ashley Curtis on Instagram. And then my business page is The Journey Dialing Oasis. Excellent. Thank you again. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us today. I hope you're feeling inspired and lifted and called to action in some area of your life. And check out the description below for more information. And of course, if you feel like a friend might benefit from what you just learned and listened to, please do send it along, spread the love. Final note on my end is that every month on the full moon, I host a full moon circle. So this has been an awesome way to come together as community, to explore together, 
in the first half we do an oracle card pull and some journaling and then in the second half I take you on a guided hypno journey which is a really potent and powerful visualization for calling forth your highest iteration of self so check out the description for that link as well and I think that's it for now HelenDenham.com has everything you might need so I love you so much I'm sending you a big virtual hug thank you for being here and I will talk to you soon Bye for now.